I think a big thing too is I had nothing to lose. Yes. Right. Love it. I love it. Literally yeah. had nothing to lose. Mm. So that was definitely a big, a big factor for me. And, and I do know, like my dad said to me one day, cool, if you fail, doesn't matter. Just, just start it again. This is the Marketing Muscle Up Show, hosted by Richard Tutunji, where he gives you a peek behind the scenes into the conversations and strategies that can help you grow your fitness business and live the life you've always dreamed of. Welcome back to the Marketing Muscle Up Podcast Show. In today's episode, I am pumped. I'm thrilled because I've got a special guest in the house and her name is Rebecca Strawn. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's so good to have you on. We've been talking about this for a long time. And before we crack into it, I do want to read out your bio. It's a pretty impressive one if I can. But before I do, I want to talk about what we're talking about in today's episode. I've been, I've known um, uh, Rebecca or Beck. Uh, I call you Beck. And I've known Beck for a few years now. I'm pretty sure we met at a Filex event in Brisbane. I was hosting or facilitating an event. Uh, I remember very clearly there was, a, there was a group of about eight or 10 of us in a circle I asked some questions, we went around and you had some amazing answers and you were really moving and shaking. I can feel that you were a leader in what you were doing and you caught me, you caught my attention. Um, you caught my attention as, as a great business operator at that time. I think that was about three years ago. Beck, would that be right? Three years ago, Mish? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it was about 2019. So yeah. 2019, well before COVID days. Yeah. And um, it was great. So I want to just, you know, tell everybody what you do. So you're based in Brisbane. You've got Australia's first hit to the beat workout experience. And even that I want to sort of dive into a bit. And you started this because there was a need in the industry uh, in regards to your hired out gym, gym space. You were doing these cool beat workouts. Uh, you were just pretty much like filling up the sessions. And all of a sudden you said, hey, I need my own space because I just don't have any space in these gyms we're at. Now, you know, fast forward, you've set up an amazing studio. You've moved to a brand new studio, like it's epic, epic. So anybody who's been to a warehouse space, you've now moved to a shop front and um, you're really up there as an up and coming um, business that is that is starting to roll out more locations. You've been a finalist, a uh, young entrepreneur finalist in 2020, 2021 and 2022. You're shaking the ground and you're making your mark in the fitness industry, but also in the business world. Now, I, I do want to talk to you about a few things today. Number one, I want to talk about entrepreneurship. I want to talk about female entrepreneurship because I know that you've had a few conversations and I've seen some stuff on Facebook and you're really sparking up some conversations there. I'm super interested in that. And you're a great marketer. You've been in our uh, Marketing Ninja program and Scale program and you're doing some cool things. So I'm pumped for this episode, Beck. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm pumped too. <laughs> now, I uh, there's one thing that I know about you. You're always you're always looking for opportunities and you're always turn up for opportunities more than probably anybody I know. And you put yourself in those locations. Tell me about that because you've had to do that through your history, putting yourself at somewhere, going to the next place. It's like that typical entrepreneurship, right? We, 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 we jump off a cliff and we make the parachute on the way down. Tell me about your early story, Beck. So initially I knew I wanted to be in business. I, I have known for a long time, even though I maybe didn't acknowledge it myself. Um, my dad is in business. Um, so I grew up in a family where I saw uh, what running a small business is. He's an engineer. 
I runs his own engineering company and it essentially started where he would have his office under the house you know it was the bottom level of the house that then went to its own office building and expanded expanded and I saw the um, incredible opportunities that you can get when you do business well um, and so I think from having that upbringing I've always had an entrepreneurial part of me um, yep. and uh, I left school, went to uni, uh, started studying teaching um, because I thought, yep, that's what I want to do. Realized probably six months in, it's absolutely not what I want to do. Yep. Um, and I just remember one day calling my dad and saying, hey, will you teach me how to be an entrepreneur? Like it, it was this new buzzword, entrepreneur. Mm. Yep. Um, and, and from there, I started doing some small business courses, but then transferred into a business degree and did a business degree and I kind of left that knowing I wanted to do something in the fitness industry, but really not sure what it was I wanted to do. And so I started as a personal trainer um, and I was working as a group fitness instructor and I very quickly came to this roadblock in my life where I loved group fitness. It was my joy. It mm. was the thing I do every day for the yep. rest of my life, if I could. Um, but personal training was my bread and butter. You know, you earn significantly more doing yep. that than you do group fitness. And so, um, that's when I was like, oh, I have to do something here. And so I actually started started running these small group training classes quote-unquote yep. classes where they were four people at a time on the gym yep. floor um and so I started running those and they very quickly became my personal training business so they grew very quickly so then I expanded that and took these 25 sessions a week I was running and I actually started hiring the group fitness studio off the gym Right. that I was I was working at um so then it kind of became this thing of my 25 sessions a week became one session a week and that's when my brain started really doing the math on I can earn the same amount doing one hour of work as I can doing 25 hours of work yeah. so that that then gives me all of this extra time to create the program right and so I invested the next sort of six to 12 months I took myself to the US yep. saw what was happening in the industry there and very quickly saw this need in the market specifically in Australia for a group fitness exercise experience that was like a personal training experience but like a group fitness class on steroids right so this and considering this was I want to say 2015. Yep. So this is like F45 at that time, I think had two locations in, mm. Brisbane, in Brisbane. So it was the beginning of the boutique studio experience in Australia. And it was the beginning of functional training mm. in Australia. Mm. And so I essentially created a concept that combined those things, um, which as you mentioned, it then grew very quickly. I was running about 14 classes a week in the gym and it just got to the point that the amount of rent I was paying to even just do that, I was like, I, I actually need my own space. Mm. So, yeah. And, and um, you know, 2015, you know, you've had a lot of awards in the young entrepreneurship. Can you just, you know, kind of take us back? How old were you at 2015, if I can ask? Uh, 2015, I was 22. Okay. So this is interesting because I love the journeys of, you know, people are always looking around. How do I get a bigger space? I'm working as a PT. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm not smart enough. I am. I'm, I'm, I can't do it. All those kind of things that pop up, you know, as a 22 year old, 23 year old, you're saying I need my own space. 
um, you know, what goes through your head in that, in that world? I know you said you had your father as the, had his own business. Um, mm. But what happens through your head when you've got to outlay expenses and back yourself and things like that? Yeah, it was the most nerve-wracking experience of my life. The years 2015, 2016, 2017, so those three years, yep. I feel like I learned more in those three years than what I probably did mm. in 10 years normally, mm. right? So um, the biggest scare, obviously, for anyone who is going from a hired space to a studio is yep. rent. Yep. Um, that that was the biggest um, scare for me. Um I had a little bit of a, um, like an in-between move that I did where I actually found a company that had a warehouse that I subleased. Right. So it was on a month by month basis. So that enabled me to test the waters a little bit. Mm, That's smart. Testing the waters. Yeah. And, And so that's when I initially invested what I had saved. So everything that I was earning from those classes, I saved to put towards the business Um, and that's when I purchased my own equipment, you know, installed flooring and mirrors and, you know, so it was probably like a $20,000 investment there that I did initially. But then obviously it gave me this opportunity to go, all right, this is my next step. It enabled me to then grow the business again because we were in our own space to then moving to our own proper full commercial lease premises yeah, that was love scary it. love it and <laughs> uh, you got a very similar story to myself Beck. um okay. I, uh, you know i've those early years I, I i got a studio um you know 18 19 and um it really scared the hell out of me you know what i mean um yeah. you just don't know what to do because you're so young um but but i love i love business when we're young you know i think we're always mm-hmm. think we're young but when you're young and um there's a, there's a beautiful part of it because, you know, call it naive, call it green, call it, you know, just go out and get it done. Um, yeah. You haven't been burnt before. There's there's less things at risk factors and, and all those yeah. kind of items. It, it feels a bit freer. I know when you're there, it doesn't feel free, but it does. There is something magical about it in those times. If, if you can lean in to that yeah. youngness as well. I think a big thing too is I had nothing to lose. Yes. Right. Love it, I love it. literally yeah. had nothing to lose. Mm. So that was definitely a big, a big factor for me. And, and I do know, like my dad said to me one day, cool, if you fail, doesn't matter. Just, just start it again. Mm, if you fail, you know? doesn't matter. Yeah, great, great. Awesome. So I think going in with that mindset was definitely hugely mm. beneficial. But then again, I agree with you when you're younger, you don't have Respond. Oh, the other thing too is I hadn't come from a huge corporate job where I was yes, earning hundred yes, K plus, right? Yeah, yeah. So you don't lose that as well. Beck, we're unemployable. Let's be honest. Okay. I, I did corporate for nine months. Right. I loved it. It was amazing. It was great getting dressed every day, you know, yeah. going to the office, but I am just not a good person bound <laughs> by the hours of nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> Beck, let's talk about the other part, the other interesting part you did. I want to touch on, which is you call your um, so your studio is RBB, yeah, um, and um, it's Australia's first, you know, hit to the beat workout experience. Can you explain to me how you become Australia's first of anything and Australia's first hit to the beat? I'm I'm really interested in in this part of it because I think this is where your marketing genius and 
uh, trademarks come into place. And I think this is where, you know, it's a different story here. You're not just opening up a studio, but you're, op- you're opening up um, something essentially that has the potential to really grow and expand around the world. T- talk to me about this whole hit to the beat and how do you become first at something? How do you know when you're first at something? Yeah, yeah. On the, just a quick note on what you said in terms of like, I'm not just opening a studio, I'm actually Mm -hmm. opening a a program. That was potentially the most challenging component of doing what I did was that I was learning how to run a studio without a franchise or help helping me. But then also too, I was creating a program at the same time and so that took so much of my time and so much of my energy so it it, it was it was challenging in the early days but in order to in order to be the first at something so it was really interesting I um had been obviously as I mentioned to the US I'd been to a lot of studios quote-unquote studios here in Australia yes and I just noticed that there was this need for hit training in a group fitness setting. So all of the hit training that was and generally is on the market is circuit based, mm-hmm. right? So you have stations, you go around stations, do a thing. There's a timer, you move to the next. And yes. without um, being rude to other businesses because I think what they're doing is incredible they're all kind of just doing a variation of the same thing mm-hmm. right yeah. um whereas what we're doing is we're taking the old school aerobic feel that your mum and you know grandmas used to do um making it cool so making it current but then revolutionizing it so firstly using music like current original spotify music but then also to tapping into functional training in a way that has been proven to be highly effective yes putting it in intervals that again highly effective but then also giving you that community experience that people want and that people Mm. chase so there was nothing like this on the market and to be completely honest with you i created it because i wanted to do it Mm. Um, I had been to the US and had fallen in love with Soul Cycle. Yes. And the experience that they can create on a bike. I was 22 years old and did not have $100,000 to buy bikes, right? <laughs> so I created Soul Cycle on the ground, is love essentially it. what I did because I had no equipment. You didn't have the equipment, you didn't have the money. So you got to create your own uh, outstanding, great, what a great story. Um, and and so through this whole process, and I get it, you, you're opening up a studio plus you're doing a program, two very different things that anybody has to conquer and, um, you know, get get to that ground. Let, let's kind of move into the other part of the journey where, um, where I've seen you talk a lot about, which is, first of all, I mean, as, as a young entrepreneur, and I, and I understand this solely when I had a studio and I was really young, and there's a few things that came up for me at this time. And I think they're coming up for you is where, you know, leadership, you got a team, um, you got to grow up a bit faster than maybe your other friends who are going out and doing their thing, you got to turn up. Uh, yeah. Tell me about that journey um, and how that, you know, how, how that, you know, if someone's listening to this and, you know, they're in a similar age and they're going, oh, and no, I'm too young. I'll wait till I'm 30 or 40 or 50, whatever, and I can't do it. Tell me about this mindset that you need to get through these parts. 
Uh, I truly believe that we're a special breed Mm. entrepreneurs. I think it's ingrained in who we are. I really just don't think you can become an entrepreneur. Uh, I think you're, you're born one or you've at least had that inherent desire inside of you since you were young where you, you aren't satisfied with the status quo. Um, a big thing, and I'm sure you relate with this as well, is that my priorities are not the same priorities as my friends. Um, they haven't been for a long time. You know, like I never really was into just wasting my days. Not that it's wasting your days, but, yeah. you, you know, I always had such a, and I can even remember being a teenager and just having such a passion inside of me to want to make a difference in the world yeah. um, and to want to do something, to be a leader. You want you want to lead something. Um, and, and so it's been challenging. It's been really challenging in terms of, one, people understanding. Mm. Two, we still have human desires, right, where we still want love, we still want affection, we want friendship. We want all of those things, but you just have this weird part of your brain where the most important thing in the world is to work. Mm. You you can't stop thinking about it. Mm. And I, I think I think that has been the most challenging thing to admit. Yep. Because rather than living for the weekend, which yeah, we live for the weekends as well, and it's it's a good balance, but we actually just love to work. Yeah. Um so I, I, and I think like people listening to this, for example, they'll know, they'll know straight away. If they're an entrepreneur, they'll relate immediately. Mm. Yeah. I love this. Um, it's not a work-life balance. There's no such thing. And you know, it's interesting as you, as you progress through, you see at different ages, you wanting different things as a business owner. And my mom, my mom always used to tell me back, she always said, Richard, you're working too much, you know, smell the roses, slow down a little bit. Yeah. And, and God, she was right, but gee, she was wrong as well, you know, and every way we, we need to smell where we're at, but in every yeah. way we need to just go charging how we want to do it. And, and, and it is a tough balance. Yeah. Um, let's continue that on as a, you know, I've seen you're doing a few amazing, um, you've been a young entrepreneur finance in 2020, 21, 2022, but you're also um, going out there and waving the female flag. I know some people go, oh, you know, Aren't we all the same? We're entrepreneurs, we're business owners. What's the difference, Beck? Um, tell me about, you know, female entrepreneurs versus a male entrepreneur. And what's your take on this, Beck? Because I know you've written about it a few times. And every time you do, um, you get some amazing comments and conversations going through. Take me through this process. Yeah. So there's been a couple of different experiences I've had mm. as a female entrepreneur. I think definitely I've came in to the business world not realizing there actually was a hierarchy and expecting that I would be taken as seriously as, <laughs> as everyone else. Mm. Um, so I had a couple of things working against me that I learned very quickly. Number one is I was young. I was very young. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, I was quite naive. Mm. Um, but number three, I was a, a young female. Um, the other thing that also doesn't work in my favor is I actually look younger. So when I was 22, I looked like I was 18. Right. Yes. Right. Because, yes. You do look young, Beck. You're always looking super Thank young. Thank you. Thank you. you know, it's all that, <laughs> now, it's all that RBB training. You know what I mean? I, RB, come to RBB and uh, right. look 10 years younger. I'm actually 60 years old right now. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
so I think because of that, like I, the struggle I had to get my first commercial lease signed, mm. you know, because people just real estate agents didn't take me seriously sure. at all. Um, obviously, I, I had a huge amount of issues leaving the, the gym that yep. I was working for. Again, people trying to just walk all over me and take advantage of me. Um, but I'm experiencing it more and more as I'm now growing as well, where they think you're naive. Mm. And so as women, we almost have to prove ourselves twice as much to have a seat at the table. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting because I'm definitely surrounded. Like I definitely wouldn't say the people in my life think less of me. Like my dad, for example, has always had big picture conversations with me. I've never felt mistreated in any way mm-hmm. uh, my boyfriend you know he's very much we're equal um but i've just found in business number one we have to prove ourselves yep. so much more but then in complete honesty as females we actually just work differently than men mm. um and it's something i've fought for so long and i've brought myself to a position where I realize, and you'll see this like with working with Joey, Hmm. right? She thinks with her emotions. Hmm. It's, it's the way that we operate as women and it's our biggest strength and our biggest weakness Um, because we take offense to things, but then also too, you know, if, if we feel like we've been mistreated or there's a staff member that's done something and there's a conflict, it ruins our day, right? It really mm. impacts how we work. Um, whereas men have really, really good way, like they can shut stuff off and they can just focus. The other thing that is also a huge benefit to women and a huge misbenefit for us, is disadvantage, is um, we can think of a million things at one time. Yes, you can. So, and you, can do, you can do a million things at one time too, Beck. We can be doing everything all at once, all at the same time, which is great, right? Because we remember that we have to do X, Y, Z, plus the dishes need to be washed, plus I need to take this out, plus it's my anniversary next week, mm-hmm. plus I need to organize this, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Whereas a guy has the ability to focus on a task and they're focusing on I don't task. think it's the ability, Beck. I think it's just we can only do one thing at a time, Beck. It's not a yeah. skill we have, okay? <laughs> we can only do one thing. That, that's, the, that, that's the reason why, Beck, I have... 80 to 90% of my team all females, if I don't know if you noticed that, but they're all females Um, because I can only do one thing. So we need need some people that can actually do some work, you know? Totally. And so that is our greatest strength, right? Is that we can do a lot of things, but then also too, it's a huge weakness Mm. because it means that quite often we do a million things good, but not well. Yeah. right and we don't have the ability to shut emotions out so that's been a growing process for me I'm also managing a team of eight females yeah so I'm also dealing with eight hormone cycles <laughs> right so so that's what I need to learn more of Beck. you know what I mean how to deal with the hormone cycle. Right. So we can it's definitely look, exchange notes on that later, hey? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely can. But but yeah, so being a female in business, I think there has never been in a time in the world mm. that we have more opportunities. Yep. Um, and I don't think that we are discounted in any way, but I do think there is still this underspoken hierarchy mm. where um, we feel like we need to prove 
that we belong where we where we are if that makes sense yeah totally well you know i'm I'm definitely here waving your flag and every female's flag too i love it and thank you sir it's um you know i remember the first day that i met you as i said i think there was i don't know who was in that room but um you definitely had a distinct ability to say i want to lead i want to step up you're clear you're precise and um I personally think that um, anybody that has that ability uh, has some big things and, and I'm obviously not a female, so I I don't know it from your viewpoint. Um, I know that in our program, we somehow gravitate. I think we have a lot of probably more female mix than males, I would say. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know why, but that's just the way that, um, you know, I don't know. Females are great learners. They're great educators. I mean, saying that males are too, but again, mm. um, I think there's, there's some, maybe there's something in that, you know, it's, it's like, we want, you want to better yourself. you want to prove, like you said, you know, I, I think also too, we know what we don't know, mm. you know, like we, I definitely mm. like an example for me when I joined Calm was I knew that I did not know how to market my business. And I needed someone and I was actively looking for ways. I was taking myself to conferences and Filex and all these things as often as I possibly could because I was so desperate to know what I didn't know, mm-hmm. right? And, and and so I think that that is a big part. I'm not saying that that's women in particular, but maybe this could be the case is that we know, hey, I don't know how to do that. So I actually need to find someone who can show me how to do that. Yeah, yeah great. Love the concepts in there. And I'd love to hear from women who are watch, listening to this and guys too and say, hey, what do you think about this? Do you think what Beck is saying, uh, are you resonating with this? Is this what you're going through or not? Love, love to know um, on your views on this. Um, Beck, tell me about, um, I'd love to know two, two sort of more questions for you. I've got some big broad questions, so I'll try to tighten them up. But I'd love to know maybe first, you know, some really big lessons that, you've learned, you said you were negotiating your rental. Is there something that I, I personally learn from mistakes? I think we all kind of do, but I love to hear the journeys of someone's mistakes. We can, we can always, we can always share the war stories when we're on the war, right? But when we're in it, we have no yeah. idea. Is there a war story that you can share a really big mistake that, and, the, and the lesson that you've learned from it? How, how honest do you want me to be? <laughs> Well, we know honesty always gets more listens, Beck. So I'd love to uh, love to have some honesty, uh, depending on how you want to get to that. Okay, okay. Right, so I've had right. a, I've had a couple of huge, huge lessons in business. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was when I attempted to open the studio in 2016. Right. Um, so as I mentioned, I was at a commercial gym, mm-hmm. and I was running those classes in a commercial gym. I then moved. During the relocation, um, I was served with a restraint of trade from the gym that I was working at because they believed I was attempting to steal their members, Mm. which resulted in a huge legal battle. Um, So put on top of opening your own studio, creating a program, fighting the biggest gym chain in Australia um, in a legal battle. So that there was the hardest point in business ever that takes the cake Mm. um that there made me wake up every day and question how much 
much do I actually want to do this? Mm. And I still have pages and pages in my, um, like my notebook of plans that I had made to pay for the things that I had signed up for. For example, my rent. So how much money did I need to make to pay my rent if I was not able to operate in the fitness industry, right? Mm. Because a restrained trade is 12 months where you have to drop off the face of the industry essentially for 12 months and so thought that ended up winning it which was amazing it took a, a lot but it also left me with a hefty hefty legal fee right yeah. that I then had to pay off in my first year of business um so that was a huge lesson that I learned what did I learn from that lesson to be completely honest I actually did nothing wrong so it wasn't a thing of I should have done something differently now looking at moving into a second location am I going to pop up in another gym somewhere probably not you know so so that was a huge lesson but the biggest lesson I learned in that one was probably how much did I actually want to do this Mm. because if this was going to take me out yep you know what what would that look like for me and so that was a resounding I want to do this every day so that was a big great, lesson. Great lesson. And that's and that's kind of like where I think a lot of people have gone through over the last few years through COVID, um, where it's been tough. They've been closed down. Um, some yeah. have had it way tougher than others. And everybody's had to make that call. You know, do I want to keep going? Yeah. Do I want to push it on? Uh, and that, I think that also comes when a competitor opens up down the road. Um, you know, someone goes to someone else down the road or and, and, you, and you've got to second guess yourself, you know, and, and, yeah. and you always got to step and say, hey, do you want to continue doing this? And I think that's a really good lesson because early on the piece, uh, yeah, it obviously, you know, who wants to go through that, but you're going through that and um, it's, it's getting that fire in your belly. sounds like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that was a huge lesson. Um, other lessons I've had a staff member take me to fair work. Um, so that was a huge lesson in and of itself, um, just to make sure your contracts are tight. Just an average, just an average day in running a business. Like. <laughs> the funny thing about it is, is I had a client at the time who was CEO of a company right. of like 1200 employees. And he said to me, he's like, Beck, one day, this is going to be your every day mm. where you're just yeah, I've just got this thing that's just going on. It, it, it's going to be fine. And so so that was a huge lesson again. In, in all of these things you learn, right? I learned what not to do. Yep. I learned my rights. Mm-hmm. I learned the law better. Yep. You know, like all these things, it's interesting. Like I had a business degree. I, I did not know how to run a business at all. And then you just kind of get like thrown in the deep end and they're just like, hey, so just run a business, but also on, on top of that, know how to pay your taxes, know how to do your books, know, know how to market, know how to sell, know how to grow a team, know how to scale, know how to do contracts right, um, membership contracts plus employment contracts. Make sure you're paying people correctly. What's an award rate? Where do you find an award rate? You know, just this whole world oh, mm, that no oh. one tells you. Yeah, outstanding. And so, it's just it's, everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, so that was a big lesson. COVID was a big lesson. COVID was a big lesson. All right, so so let me just uh, change the subject a little bit. And um, you mentioned before you didn't know marketing, but um, you know we did another training to our uh, ninjas um, in our program around one of the skill sets I think you have, 
Um, everybody has what I call a superpower. I think you have a great superpower. One of the superpowers I think you have is um, like a sparkle effect. You you give some sparkles, what I call sparkles. You give magic out to your community. You've got a great community, a thriving studio. Uh, you're about to open another one up and you, you're giving the sparkle out. People, you know, I always say people don't come to the equipment. People come for the outcome. But I think uh, I heard a saying, I don't know who it was from. Um, I think on the podcast, maybe I'm, I'm quoting somebody, but I'm not, don't know the name, but um, oh, the name will come to me, but it, it's not, it's also about the experience that you give then. I think you give a great experience um, in what you do. I think it was actually, um, it'll come to me. Yes. Beck, what are your thoughts about that? Tell me how you give an amazing experience to your community because I know you do. Yeah, so um, when we set up the studio, that was one of the key points is that we had to create an exceptional experience every time someone entered the studio mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. Number one, the reason why we created RBB and Hit to the Beat, yes, was to give people exceptional workouts, but it was to provide somewhere that it became a lifestyle for our mm -hmm. people. Um, and I had such a heart and a desire to create a space where people felt really, really safe. Mm -hmm. um, being from the generalized fitness industry, I saw that that was not the case in commercial gyms. And so I wanted to create that. So that for us came down to a, a, a few different points. There's the people power, right? So it's hiring the right team um, and training your team to share in the same mission statement, values and culture that you're trying to create, right? Because it takes two seconds to break culture. It takes years to create it so you need to start from the beginning a really solid foundation of what do I want my culture and my team to uh, abide by and what I want that to feel like and so we have a really really strict um, onboarding process for, for our team where if they don't fit with the team they're not actually right for us and so I'm heavily invested in the team um, and ensuring that they feel like they can give the same experience to our members that I would want to give to my members. And so that's taken a lot. Um, mm. The other component of this is, is creating a space, right? So creating a beautiful environment. It's the cool lighting. It's the nice flooring. It's the, it's the mirrors. It's the pads and tampons in the toilet. You know, like it's these little tiny touches that makes a member feel like this is my home. Hmm. Um, but the other part of that is that's really interesting is I don't think it needs to be perfect. Like our studio is in no way perfect. It's not a $500,000 million dollar fit out. Yep. It, it, it is the community is interwoven into the fabric of the space. And it is their second home. So to them, they're the first person to put their hand up and say like, hey, I just realized that there's like a little bumper there. My husband's a chippy or whatever. He could just come and fix it. Well, you, you know, like well. it's, their, it's their second space as yeah, well. And yeah. they only do that because we provide somewhere that we are heavily invested. And we have systems upon systems upon systems 
systems in place that make it look like we're sporadically connecting with our team, but we're not with our members. We're not. Yes, we love them and we care for them, but there is a system around how we make sure that they feel loved, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's not just you're accidentally leaving the tampons in the in the bathroom. It's, no. it's, actually, it's a system that happens all the time because the first time I went in the studio, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so so all those little uh, touch points are in there because they've got to be there to make them feel comfortable um, all around. And I see that you do a magic job on that. So well done on that. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and it even comes down to a customer journey right? Connecting with a customer. We have a way that you create a customer journey, but then even just in my trainers, like with our closed members, Facebook group, there's a Mm -hmm. system around how we connect with our members in that. And we have a system around events and we have a system around group chats and like everything is systemized. Mm. Yeah. Great, great piece of marketing there. Uh, Beck, this has been outstanding. Um, I've got a lot more things to ask you, but I think um, I'm pretty happy how we how we got today, and um, I'm uh, probably just one more uh, quick marketing tip that you could, you know, one of the great marketing things that you currently are doing now or have done that's worked really well. Could you just maybe share one of your strategies that have worked well over the time? Oh, give away my secrets? Just give away, <laughs> just give away one if we can part with one. Yeah, totally. Um, so something that is preached at com is to have multiple funnels, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that someone has to see you seven times before they take action. So it, it's our responsibility to do everything we can to be in their face as often as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. So it's I know it's not a thing of being like, hey, this is my ideal marketing strategy, but an ideal situation is to start with one funnel and then make it two and then make it three and then make it four. Mm-hmm. Um, something Instagram and TikTok is where it's at. That's all I'm saying. So we haven't really doubled. We, we've just started in the world of TikTok. We're investing in TikTok ads uh, and moving into that world. But our biggest membership growth is in Instagram. So start today organically posting once a day, every day, create a plan, make it look like what you want people to think your studio looks like. Where for us, it's incredible workouts, community feel, pretty studio, right? Love it. And so we focus on female community, mums and bubs, just that whole world, it's there. So people can go, they can see it. We have people who join and say they've been following us on Instagram for years, right? So that that's our thing. So start with organic posting every day, once a day, engage with your people. Reply to their comments, reply to their messages, actively seek out people and you'll create a really good little marketing bundle there. Love it. Uh, very, very good. Now, Beck, what's your Instagram if those who want to follow your magic and what you do? Thank you. Well, you've got two. So there's RBB, which is RBB Fitness Studio, all one word. Even if you just type in RBB Fitness, you'll find us. Mm-hmm. Um, and my personal is Beck Strawn. So B-E-K-S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N. Awesome. We'll put those in the show notes. Beck, this is about outstanding. I'm definitely going to have you back. Uh, I want to know continue these conversations i think they're great and i think you do a great job to empower um entrepreneurship female entrepreneurship and especially you know someone who's 
um, really at the early stages of their, of their business career and going, what the hell did I get myself into and how do I get myself out? So well done, especially um, on RBB. I'm, I'm, I'm here loving to hear the continued success you're having. Um, so good. Thank you so much for the, uh, the insights that you share and enjoy your, uh, enjoy your trip to Bali. I think you, you got a holiday yes. coming up. Yeah. Yes, I do on Saturday. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you. So good team. If you've enjoyed this episode and you want more, all you have to do is you can check this out on your favorite um, app, which is Spotify or um, you want to go to Apple podcast or you can listen, you can watch this on YouTube too. If you really want to see how young Beck looks, <laughs> uh, jump onto YouTube uh, or go to com marketing and you can see the RBB youth experience happening <laughs> in a store near you. Team, I'll catch you next time on the marketing muscle up podcast show. Bye for now.